All right, everyone, welcome back. This is the ABC podcast, A Boss, Bear, and Cans. Back after a very, very long hiatus. I blame that on myself. But anyways, my name's Abbas Tahadwala. Bear, Cans, how y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Terry the Bear Donnelly out here in the Bay Area, you know, just living life. You know, good to have you guys uh, back on my uh, iPhone screen. Feel good, I feel good. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's good to be back. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a long time. A uh, a lot has happened in the sports world since then. <laughs> um, I can probably create a list of like three things that have happened since then, since yeah, like actually, uh, the end of April. <laughs> I've I one thing that's like kept me going has been uh, just following uh, college basketball recruiting like like a hawk. Like I like all these kids are declaring and, you know, making their list smaller. And that's like, I know Abbas, you're an NBA guy, but like that, like with everything shut down, like that is one thing that is continuing, like, you know, quote unquote breaking news. So like that has kept me going a little bit. I don't know what you guys have been doing during quarantine, but I am on all these like Instagram pages and Twitter pages that are just covering or high school basketball players. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I've been seeing a lot of like the the football people too. Like I think Rittenberg has been doing his usual tweeting about like who's going where, who's declared where and whatnot. But like, yeah, it's been, I mean, at least getting some news on like the NBA return plan has been nice. A lot of talking crap about Manfred for being incompetent. And I mean, baseball in general being incompetent, but, and then obviously like, you know, it was nice having the last dance to get us through a good portion of May and, and April. And then the Sosa doc wasn't even a Sosa doc. It was one of the biggest flops I've ever seen. We'll get into that. But first, Bear, uh, DePaul has got a couple people to commit. And yesterday so, it was a new one. So please run us through. Yeah. I, I'm completely out of touch with DePaul basketball right now. Yeah, we need, we need you to give us a skinny here. Sell us on why the 2020-21 DePaul season is, is something to be looking forward to. All right, let me let me start by saying this. All right, replacing Paul Reed is going to be impossible. Um, so I don't expect next year's men's basketball team to be to get off to a twelve and one start because I I think people are really forgetting how good Paul Reed actually was, at least in the DePaul Twitter basketball community. Um, but last, yesterday, DePaul added grad transfer uh, Brian Patrick Jr. from uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne. Um, he started his college career at Kansas State. He was like 11 a game last year with like, you know, three or four rebounds a game. Um, he's a big boy. You know, he's about 6'5 long, and pretty, pretty, pretty fit. Um, but laterally, he's not all that great. But what I would, what I would say about Brian is that he – is a competent scorer, which at the collegiate level is just so like, it's everything in my opinion. I mean, nobody can put the ball in the hole. Um, but after DePaul lost, I would like, count them on your hand, Devin Gage, um, Flynn Cameron, Mick Sullivan, Sullivan Menard. Um, who else transferred? I mean, I'm, I'm losing track of who transferred, but Coleman the, the Rock, yeah, JCL, Coleman they lost Lance. Jalen Coleman Lance. Um, after, and Paul Reed to the NBA. So you lose like six or seven guys, and a few of those guys were contributors. Um, and, you know, DJ Williams is gone and Lyric Schreiner. But uh, 
the the roster if they get if Cravassier Vas McCauley gets a, a waiver, and I know Javon Freeman Liberty will get a waiver. The the roster doesn't look that bad. It, and like, and I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I know it's to Paul men's basketball. I know what's <laughs> happening. I do this every year now, but they're long. They can defend, and they have they have three or four guys who can put it in the bucket with Charlie, with Romeo, and uh, Javon and and uh, McCauley. So like, and and Patrick can shoot it a little bit. So if and this is like where it has gotten right like if DePaul finishes in last place in the in the Big East I'll be shocked <laughs> really <laughs> I mean that's part part of that is just because I think Georgetown Georgetown is so bad like I I can't even begin like Patrick Ewing got COVID so like we're like that's the beginning of it so like if the Hoyas win more than 13 games then I, I would be pretty pretty shocked they're really bad um and then like Marquette's not going to be very good losing Marcus Howard Xavier is is got no scoring so I I can see DePaul being a mid-level Big East team which is a step in the right direction boys yeah I mean a lot of these schools have lost some really good players I mean even Seton Hall lost yeah. their best player so like what happens I mean I don't know like how good they're I mean I know the guys who were already there who aren't leaving are still pretty good but um I mean I don't think any team loses as much as DePaul losing Paul Reed I okay Reed I can was, agree with that I think he was the best if not maybe like the second or third best player in the Big East this year at least in terms of like where he's going in his future Yes, and based on his body type, someone's gonna reach on him. Um, he, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets picked as high as twenty. Um, seriously, I mean, it's, especially as as, with like how like Siakam has been. Like, if you if you get a guy like that who can like play power forward, stretch the floor, so athletic, great defender. I mean, if he blossoms in the league, he's gonna end up being really good. And his motor, I mean, like, like the yeah. guy jumps off of the tape when you watch it, just because he's he's running every the way he gets up and down the floor is remarkable um and then the the only other guy i wanted to mention as far as the paul hoops that i am psyched about and we need to talk about this is ray salnave the kid the grad transfer from monmouth who's coming to paul the only reason i love this guy is because he is beefing with saint john's uh fans and the saint john's twitter handle openly um so ray ray's from new york i think new york state i don't know if he's from nyc but uh he wasn't really highly recruited. He wasn't recruited at all by St. John's. He went to Monmouth and then there was some talk that he was going to uh, be a grad transfer at St. John's. And he's basically like, like openly on Twitter, like laughing at St. John's fans being like, I'm not going to I'm not going to be on the red storm. I'm going to DePaul. And like, they're giving him, you know, stuff because he's going to, you know, DePaul's like the biggest joke of a division one program, you know, going right now. But Ray Salnave is just, He's just loving DePaul and he's just repping the demons. And it's like, it's, it's, I, I tweeted like it got me through quarantine watching Ray Salnave go back and forth with uh, St. John's fans. But he, as, as far as basketball goes, man, the guy is a competent ball handler and he's just, he slides right into the Devin Gage role if Devin was healthy. I mean, he's, he's a bench ball handler. He, you can play him and Charlie at the same time if you need to, like if they're pressing. Um, and yeah, you like again, like I like scoring is such a, a commodity, but like handling the ball and not not turning the ball over at the college level, so big. All right, I mean, hey, I like that. That sounds good, promising. 
it's just for me after what happened last year i just riding too high and just to have that biggies collapse i gotta you know i gotta see it to believe it but i i like what you're selling me bear i'm buying what you're selling i used to i used to knock doors and sell security systems in texas so i think i could you know i could sell uh, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves like i mean if i can sell you default basketball i can sell you anything because the the the, re, the reality of the situation is your four-star recruit Marquise Jacobs is you know coming off another ACL tear like and can't handle the basketball and I like basically when it comes to Marquise I have no idea what's going to happen but I told Cans the other day I think he I don't, I don't think he plays his junior year at the fall but that's all speculation like I have no idea um and then Oscar, like you said right before we started Oscar Lopez Jr is like an important returning uh contributor so to speak and I mean Oscar is Oscar is you know he plays hard I like I like Oscar's effort but he's just I mean he's not my he's not going to be in that too impactful for the demons um that's why I'm that's why we need these two waivers for Freeman Liberty and Macaulay and then you know you like because as far as Marquise and Oscar goes like they're they're afterthoughts for me I don't think they'll they'll play very much if we have a rotation with Darius Hall as like your eighth guy, you know, like, so it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, they have, it's classic Dave Lado recruiting where they have big bodies. Like they look like, they honestly look like an NBA team when it comes to height and length, but oh, dude, they, especially with butts and, and, and on Genda, I mean, they're they've huge. got, they're, they're, they're massive, man. They aren't college kids. They look like grown men. Especially, so buddy, I mean, especially if on Genda puts on some bulk, yeah, this off season and whatnot, and before the season next year, he's. I feel like he's going to end up being really good. And honestly, I have a lot of faith that Weems. I feel like the last few years now, we've seen one player end up being really good and getting buzz, even though DePaul itself doesn't really put up good results. But we saw Max Truce, we saw Billy Garrett, we saw Paul Reed last year. I think Weems will put it together in his second year at DePaul. I think he's really going to take off. Yeah, I think I think Romeo's got a shot at first team All Big East. Um, he's going to play so many minutes. Um, yeah, I'm worried that the season goes south, and this is Romeo's last year as a demon. Um, but that's oh, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, um, the the only like I remember I went to the Texas Tech game with a buddy who's barely watches any college basketball, and he was watching. He looked at the t- the bodies that were on the floor, Texas Tech versus. DePaul and he's like he's like dude one of these teams looks like an NBA team the other team looks like a college team and like DePaul is 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 got height and length and they they have it again um it just they, it needs to translate into and that, that's where Kansas was talking about the other day is like Dave Lado is still the head coach and he's on the chopping block new AD coming in all that um but until he proves it by actually getting W's in Big East play then like everything I'm saying is you know worth a grain of salt right like you know mm-hmm. I I, I do this every year, and Kansas, like I, like my Twitter bio says, Nick Kansas, he grounds me. You know, he keeps he, he keeps me level headed. Keeps me level headed. I always get ahead of myself, right, Nick? There, there are some some teams I will allow myself to dive headfirst into the Kool Aid, but I just I've been hurt before by DePaul several times actually, and I gotta you know I'm giving them another shot. But we gotta go slow. We gotta one day at a time and go slow. <laughs> Before no, we move no. on, Nick Kaz, I just gotta ask: Is that a hat or is it a visor? 
Uh, this is a visor. That is amazing. Have you heard? Uh, have you heard Scott Ben Pelt uh, taking shots at Matt Nagy for the visor? No, I haven't. Uh, so SVP takes shots at Matt Nagy for wearing a visor because they're both bald, and uh, SVP says that uh, the visor is for keeping hair out of your eyes. Um, <laughs> so why is Matt Nagy wearing a visor? He's just it's being. A, a, he's just being you, man. It's yeah, a power just, move. Just, Visors so are get, a power move. It, it it takes a lot of confidence. And Kev, you're rocking the I, visor. I wear one when I run sometimes. Um, but, I mean, I, my hairline's getting pretty bad, too. So I, I don't really know why I rock the visor. But Cans, the red visor, I mean, that's just that's just a great Zoom look. You know, that's just – that's. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can – Oh, my God, Cans. You got a lot of hair, Cans. Bad radio. I need a haircut. <laughs> And that's what the visor is for, is to keep the hair out of my face. But it's been six, five, six months since my last haircut. It's yeah, too long. Yeah, I mean, I will say the good thing about that red visor is it's the right shade of red. It's not the red hat where you look at the hat and you're just like, hold up, wait a minute, what, what does that red hat say? Thankfully, right. it's more of a scarlet right now, so I'm not really, uh, when I saw it at first, I was like, yes, yes, that's a good, that's a good hat, McCann's. Well, thank you, thank you, I appreciate the fashion compliments. Pulling off the visor is not easy. I mean, guys, guys will try to do it on the golf course, and it always turns out poorly. Um, so to see a guy like Nick Canzanieri really pulling off the visor, it's encouraging, it's encouraging for all of us. I try. That's why he grounds me. That's why he keeps me level-headed. You know, it's things like that. You know, but so, I mean, we can we can move on from DePaul basketball. I yeah. just I I the last thing I wanted to say real quick was that I I think there might be one more scholarship available. Um, so Brendan Favre, Jason Malonga, Pentelis, uh, Exedius, and I think that's it are the only walk-on players, unless I'm forgetting someone. Oh, Max Williams, Max Williams, the kid who just uh, – he's from IMG. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Incoming freshman who just uh, is going to be a walk-on. I think he's got some mm -hmm. Chicago roots too. But anyway, um, and they might be after a big guy um, who plays at Ryerson University in Canada. His name is uh, – I think it's Tenor Igam. He's like 7'2". He's athletic. He's he's okay. he's very raw. He's got a lot of talent. Um, but – I don't think that they'll I, – I, I, I think that Dave Lato is still trying to add one more player. I just – I am not. I wouldn't be totally uh, convinced that they're going to add anyone else, but I think they are trying. Yeah. I think, honestly, the, the, the two things I really want to see, just to close off my, my DePaul thing, I want to see Weems take a leap, and I want Jalen Butts to, like, lose the freaking butter hands because that oh man dude sometimes it's like the, the pass is perfect especially when charlie moore is passing you the ball you know that it's going to be a perfect pass but like sometimes man he just drops so, the ball when it's right in his hands if that goes away i think butts takes a leap too because butts is really talented really talented he's got a great feel down low it's just the hands that seem to always get in the way with him jalen jalen is a very competent power six big right mm -hmm. like he can get it done underneath he can finish he can you know 
huge dunk against Butler last year. You know, he's he's got he's got some you know good qualities. Um, he's just he's I, the thing I would say is I think that Jalen needs to work a little bit more on his back to the basket game, but like it, you can't dump it into him with a man on his back and expect at the end of the shot clock for him to get a jump hook off. You just can't like, and that's it. And the, the, the other, the only other thing I wanted to mention about Dave Lado, and I could do this all day where I keep saying one more thing I wanted to mention is uh, Dave Lado will show me a lot this year by how much Charlie Moore is burnt out by the end of the year, because I mean, Abbas, you've said it before, as far as rotations go with Dave Lado, and Char- Charlie can't play 38, 39 a game. He just can't because if you saw last year, Chuck was burnt. Like, by the end of oh, the year, yeah. Charlie I mean, he, Moore had nothing left. He couldn't keep up on defense at the end of the year because he's getting – I mean, he's having to run through picks all freaking – all game long. He's always handling the ball. He just had way too much to do okay. in that in the, in the non-conference play. By the time conference play came around, I don't think he really had much left. Right, and um, Charlie – Charlie is just the guy is never going to stop. Like he knows one, uh, like one way to play, and that's just go, go, go. So I, I really think like, like Devin Gage was hurt a lot last year and missing a lot. Whatever was going on with Devin Gage and all that, that's a whole another story. But uh, Ray Salnave um, becomes very important as well as if you can get some ball handling out of uh, Javon and if you can get some ball handling out of Corvassier and if you can get you know like. You need to you need to relieve some of the pressure off of Charlie, and you know that that's that's all I want. Like I could go for days. So if someone cut me off talking about the Paul Mets hoops, um, because I, I I have some other thoughts. But like, can we please talk about the NBA a little bit or something? Yeah, NBA. All right. <laughs> um, so we saw that whole return plan. I mean, I'm sure you all saw all the Woj tweets, the Shams tweets. I talked about this yesterday or two days ago with uh with Rudy and Gina. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. The, the, the one thing that stand, stood out to me the most that I find is going to be really funny. Uh, it was like a state, it was a, a stadium or an athletic tweet. Um, they're going to have buzzers. Like they're going to be wearing alarms, the players in the complex, and they'll go off. If you're within six feet of another player wearing one of those alarms, if you've been within six feet for more than five seconds, Are that was serious? a really bad explanation. Yeah. But like, so like, no, I understood. If, if if bear if you're standing in my bedroom right now and you're sitting in the chair over there within 6 feet if that goes on for more than 5 seconds both the alarms will start buzzing that's insane that can't be to real. remind them and to stay socially distant the, uh, and then someone calls the hotline then cp3 calls the the <laughs> snitch hotline that's crazy and it's going to be hard i get it like there's a lot of complications but it, you know i mean Stay six feet apart, you know, as much as you can off the court. But, I mean, you know, once they get on the court, you know, who knows what's going to happen because basketball, yeah. it's it's a contact sport, you know, one ball. It's going to be very interesting because I feel like someone is going to, you know, get corona or at least test positive for it. I think they're going to get there early and isolate. At least I would think they would get there early, isolate for 10 to 14 days make sure nobody's sick. And then after that, if nobody new is coming into the facility and nobody's leaving, 
there should never be any reason for the virus to just right. pop up. It's not like the virus is just going to randomly like appear out of midair in the middle of the court or something. So like if there's no virus inside the facility, then there shouldn't be an issue. But if one person coming from the outside has it, then you're, you're kind of screwed because you're stuck in this smallish, I don't know, smallish or, well, at least like an enclosed campus. Uh, I know they have, like, not every team is staying at the same place. I'm sure you guys saw, like, the whole yeah. the hotel allocations and whatnot based yeah. off seating. Um, so, like, I feel like there's there's got to be something they're doing that's going to – I mean, I'm assuming they have the best minds on this. So <laughs> um, you would hope yeah, that they no, would make it foolproof, but, I mean, it's so hard to it's, say. It's so hard because um, my concern – with and there's there's a lot going around information wise right now about all this but my concern is that there's such a rush to get the nba back playing and get major league well obviously there's not a rush of major league baseball it doesn't seem like it but i feel like a second shutdown in september is coming and it's going to be more like an italy shutdown where like it's going to be like don't leave your apartment you know like it but uh i don't know but I, I, I see what you're saying. Like in, in a vacuum that works a boss where like, you know, everyone isolates for two weeks and then everyone's, you know, testing negative. So then you can, you know, everyone can mix and whatever. Um, but I just, how are you going to keep tabs on all these guys besides the snitch line that no one's going to use? And then, so like, like what if one of these dudes like is, are they not allowed to like leave the complex like, yeah if, I mean, if like, you leave if you leave and come back you gotta wait 10 to 14 days it's like if you can't there nobody's gonna be able to leave for this whole two three month period if, if you if you keep surviving every round so like yeah if, if i i think they're gonna do an amazing job to make sure nobody's sneaking out so like a lot of memes have come up out of that Really yeah, funny NBA memes. Twitter. NBA Twitter's got to be loving this. Like, NBA I, I... Twitter is back. They're back. <laughs> they they took a, a long hiatus and now they're back. We need a film crew though, because I mean this this Dude, this is gonna be it's gonna be bigger than the last dance. It's gonna be bigger yeah. than the last dance when we get this documentary. By the way, I, the last dance, the last dance wouldn't have even have come out yet, right? Like it would have been another like like January, right? Uh, no, they were saying right During after the finals. The final. So, yeah. I mean, like oh, five, okay. five, six days from now, it would have been wow. coming out. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, like, I mean, if it were me, right? Like, if, if I was, if the bear was in this complex and I wanted to, like, you know, go out and, like, do whatever, I would just come back and, like, if unless, like, there's security at every door, like, who's going to, like, oh, I didn't leave. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I just... I don't know. We'll see, but like maybe these, I think these guys, they're going to be, they're going to be infringing on their personal rights a lot. I feel like you're going to have cameras, like security cameras on you all the time. People in Atlanta and in, in, people in Secaucus are watching you everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. If they got buzzers <laughs> like on them for when they get eight reps watching you everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. But crazy, I think, man. I think that's, that's what needs to happen. If you want it to go properly, you need to like, take the limit and go beyond the limit in terms of distancing because otherwise it's like you know say you started out you play games for two weeks and then like 40 players test positive then you're like okay first of all like i feel like that could be like a lawsuit issue too oh yeah where it's like the the nba pa the player association is gonna be like okay you guys did not take the proper precautions 
And then you've got the the possibility of the league having all these major issues in the long run. And then yeah. Kyrie gets his own league too. <laughs> <laughs> if that oh happens, Kyrie's getting his league. <laughs> so I don't but, I don't follow it like you do. So like like the only little bits I get about like the NBA or like is like I hear Kyrie wants to start his own league or like Pat yeah. Beverly is backing up LeBron and it's just like I think that got refuted the own league thing. I think it's a really good joke. But okay. I don't know if that was actually true because some people said it it didn't actually happen. Like people who actually are who actually matter, not me. <laughs> I heard I heard it was Kyrie intentionally leaking something because he thought there was a leak in his group chat he was in. And so he floated that out there and oh. it And then, you know, just just a rumor I heard. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. As as far as Kyrie goes, man, it is such a shame that dude is like so strange because I've I've literally seen like three people in my life handle the basketball the way he does um and and he also uh, has made some really good arguments about like returning to play and whatnot but like just the fact that he said the flat earth stuff yeah and just the fact that he's he does what he does it kind of like takes away the credibility which is sad because i i do agree with some of his arguments about like not returning to play because it's right. like a bigger mission um, it's just which, like his, his like a bigger fight. Yeah. Would, yeah. would he be playing, though? Like, is he back? I don't think so. I think he said he won't be back <laughs> either way because of the surgery. So it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Um, my brother lives in Boston, and he the, the way those fans think of him, oh, my gosh, man. Like, yeah, the guy can't – like, and I get it. Like, it's just so strange because, like, I, the, the Kyrie I always remember is the one hitting fallaways in the finals, you know, like – in. That guy is so unbelievably talented, and like I just, I just wish he was. It's just, it's kind of like LeBron in a sense, where like I wish LeBron was a little different, like mentally. Um, I just like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm close to thirty now. I guess I just wish everybody was like Jordan and just wanted to, you know, yeah, like drink blood and you know, like just do weird. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean by that? Like MJ's a psycho, and like I, I like the Last Dance kind of proved that to me, and and like. These, I don't know. I, 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 I'm getting off track, but um, I hope the NBA is back. I just, I just, as long if, if they're if they're putting buzzers on people for when they're six feet apart, um, I think I, I think they're going a little bit overboard. Am I wrong? Here, I mean, here, here's my thing, man. If if they're on the court and they're playing basketball. <laughs> then sure, do whatever you have to do to make sure nobody gets infected. Make sure everybody is 40 feet away from Rudy Gobert, on the court, off the court, everything. Yeah. As long as we're able to watch basketball again, and I think it's just good that they're able to get back to it in terms of like the overall movement. I think you get way more publicity. I'm like, right. the NBA coming back, that's going to be news every night. I mean, the amount of games that are going to be going on, People are going to be watching. So I feel like it, it raises their platform. And at the same time, it's like you get a sense of normalcy, especially when I know a lot of people don't really care anymore. But like there are the few of us who do care and who still stay indoors and still take precautions. And being able to watch basketball again is going to be very, very fun as long as they're keeping them safe. Because like I said before, you don't want to watch two weeks of games and then figure out that a bunch of people tested positive. And that it's all shut down again. I'm interested to like be able to watch 
watch the games with no fans. Because as the NBA said, what they're going to do about, like, pumping uh, fake out noise or anything like that. I think I heard some stuff about, like, 2K, 2K noise. But then I also saw that if you're not playing, you can sit in the stands. It's like maybe there'll be NBA players in the stands. I also – Gina said this on, on Tuesday – we really want to see, like, the Disney characters walking around the stands. I want, like, stuffed animals. Like, I want stuffed Mickey Mouses sitting courtside. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, if somebody tries doing a Rodman dive to save a ball, Mickey just gets taken out. I think that'd be pretty funny. It's, it's, it's definitely an opportunity. I mean, the NBA, NBA ratings are a whole other thing because people are really following the league on social media, not, not, not as many people sit down and watch, you know, the Bulls play the Hornets on a Tuesday and they, they don't watch from beginning to end. You know what I mean? So it's really an opportunity for the league to capitalize. I mean, as, you know, as crazy as it sounds like on a pandemic and like, cause everyone's at home, like that want to watch sports will turn on the NBA because yeah, there's, you know, there's nothing like the MLB can't seem to figure it out. And um, you know, I mean, are people, people are watching like all these UFC fights and like WWE and stuff like that. Cause like it's still going on. Right. Like, I don't even I, know. I turned on the, the Bundesliga or whatever it is. That's oh yeah. That's too. I, never. I mean, I watched like the world cup and all that. Now I don't even know what's happening, but I just, you know, wanted something, something to right. watch and people. Yeah, I agree. People are, they're starved for, for live sports. I am I am running out of Netflix shows. I'm running out of Hulu. Like it's it's getting bad. Like I'm just turning on whatever you know whatever seems like it'll be decent at this point. I still have trouble even starting new shows, and we're like six what four three four months in. Every time I'm like I look at a new one, someone's like, "Oh, watch this show." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And then I look at it, I'm like, "Nope, too much of a commitment." Yeah, four seven seasons. seasons. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not four. doing it. Four seasons is too many. <laughs> Dude, for me, it's like two seasons is too much. I'm like, I see every episode, it's like 50 minutes. I'm like, yeah, now nah, I'm good. I'm good. Watch, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> watch some John Mulaney. That guy's hilarious. High school, watching, high school game. I've been watching these because NBC did that replays of like the Derrick Rose games. So they had like that game, the, the Celtics game, obviously, the playoff debut. Uh, yeah. They had the, the Phoenix game where he went on, the Detroit game where he went off, that Milwaukee game where he hit a game winner back when oh, Brandon Jennings was still a thing. Yep. Uh, they had like the, 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 the Cleveland game in 2016 or 2015 or whatever. Those were a lot of fun to watch. And like every time I see Derrick Rose like looking young and healthy, I just feel sad. <laughs> so there, was Derrick Rose like your Damian Lillard before? Oh, Damian dude, Lillard? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nobody sense. I liked more than Derrick Rose then. And, like, I still love Derrick Rose. Like, I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I hate him. He got hurt. He, he betrayed. Like, right. his knees gave out on him, and they bit overworked him, and then the, the lockout year killed everyone. Dude, yeah. that lockout year ended his career, ended Amari's career, messed up Dwight Howard for five years. That lockout year did so much bad stuff to everybody. Yeah. And and Cans like just too many you know, games in a short period of time. Yeah. Cans, just you know, John Mulaney, saying Nation's college prep. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah? Yeah. Did you know that? Uh I knew I knew he was from Chicago, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's probably he's, the brightest comedian out there right now. And uh I share is. a diploma he's with him. <laughs> but he went to Georgetown. But he went to Georgetown, so that's yeah. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. Traitor. Good dude, though. Um, do you guys <laughs> it's, it's we got like I don't know, do you want to start trivia or what do you want to do? You want to do you want to talk about this? Did you guys both watch this Sosa McGuire doc? Okay, let's talk I'll, about that really quickly. Horrible. Done. Yeah, Done right? talking about it. No, I mean didn't it did it like I thought as far as like making a film, right? Like production value and editing, I thought it was poorly done and like lazily done. Like I thought like I, I, it looked like an eighth grader did it. It was weird. I, like I don't know, but like I, I, I thought it was way too much Mark McGuire, which is fine. He was the story, but like Sammy was barely in it. I think it was it was advertised wrong. They 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 highlighted that it was like about the home run race, but it just felt like a biography of Mark McGuire. And like yeah, we're all Cubs fans, so maybe we're a little biased here because you know we we inherently we hate St. Louis and we hate the Cardinals. But like, also like, no offense to McGuire, he's so boring. <laughs> it's like learning about like, it's like learning about a piece of paper. Not, I mean, no offense, like he's just not a fun guy to learn about. So right. it's like you see his interviews, like you see the suit he's wearing, and he's like actually fun to listen to when he's talking. McGuire is not fun to listen to. He just sounds really like monotone and and just boring. Yeah, and the other thing. I thought about it was that like it was it was just like a highlight tape of home runs um which is like I get it like but like I don't know I wanted more and I didn't even want just want more Sammy I just wanted like more into the story it was just I thought like they they had again they had an opportunity to like really tell a story well and they struggled with it and it was uh, it's been getting a lot of uh criticism I don't know if you guys have noticed that but yeah it's it's definitely not getting good reviews. Um, but, you know, I, the, the thing I took away, like, is that the Ricketts family, Sammy, what, you know, Cubs fans as a whole, whatever needs to be done to get Sosa back in the ballpark needs to be done. That's me, though. I, I agree. And, Abbas, I sent you, like, a nice little soliloquy uh, when you were watching it, I think. <laughs> I forget what I said exactly, but my problem with it was, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even born in 1998, but what I heard a lot of people saying was it, it was nothing new. And honestly, I knew a lot of the stuff that happened through, you know, you know, reading or research of my own. And there was just nothing, you know, no inside look or anything. Uh, and like, you know, like you guys have been saying, it was mostly McGuire doc, like, even throw in stuff about like, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., which they did a little bit, but you could go more in depth on everyone was hitting, you know, 50 bombs that summer. And they really like barely touched on that. Yeah, I think I I think my favorite part of the documentary was the one clip of uh, Brady Anderson. Do you guys know who Brady Anderson is? He played second base for the Orioles in like the 90s. So go look at Brady Anderson's baseball reference page and just have a, a good laugh. Um, he goes like 10 home runs, 12 home runs, 18 home runs, and then he hit 50. Um, it's just insane. And he, he was talking about like the substance that Mark McGuire was taking. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'd take a whole bottle and I wouldn't even think twice about it. It was just like, it was like so quintessential Brady Anderson. And like, there's just like, pictures of Brady Anderson around the internet where he's like a really skinny, like second baseman. And then like the next day he's Adonis and he's like the strongest man to ever play the middle infield. Um, but 
I don't know. I I guess I, really, as far as – I mean, yeah. he went 21, 13, 12, 16, 50. Yeah, I mean, and then it's just insane. 15, 18, the two years after he hit 50. How do you hit 50 home runs as an outlier? I mean, that doesn't happen. Like, I mean, except unless you're, like, you know, taking steroids every day. That was an but, amazing uh, year for him. 297, 396, 637, 50 home runs. Yeah, and That's like the Maguire. When Maguire hit 70, he didn't just hit 70. He hit, he hit 299. He almost hit 300. He basically hit 300 and hit 70 home runs. Like, that's insane. Like, like in my opinion, man, make steroids mandatory. Just like, you know, like the numbers are great. I'm kidding, obviously. I don't – I'm not encouraging people. Steroids really and, and juice the balls. And yeah, with the way really the ball is juiced right now, I feel like steroid you'll get to a hundred a season. <laughs> Joey Gallo's gonna be home run a game now. <laughs> Barry they say if Barry Bonds played in Coors Field uh the year he hit seventy three, he would have hit ninety one. There's an there's an article about that, which is like crazy to me. Like, um I can like if I'm Colorado, uh, this is a whole nother tangent, but if I'm Colorado and I'm like draft all I'm doing is drafting guys who hit fly balls. And like like this is all I'm doing. Like <laughs> Like, I don't – it's just funny to me. Like, they call, they always try to draft pitchers. But, um, I, I mean, the, the, the documentary could have been a lot better. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm getting off track here too. If you take, like, the Orioles from four years ago and put them in Colorado, that team is, like, a World Series contender. Trumbo like, and Mark Davis. Mark Trumbo and Chris Davis are going to hit, like, 70 home runs each. <laughs> like, everybody else up and down that roster is just – Home run, home run, home run, home run, home run, strikeout, home run, strikeout. They Manny go, Machado. Oh, dude, they would be they would be great in Colorado. But anyways, um, we hate baseball right now. We hate Manfred, and and I hated that documentary. And baseball's just in a sad state right now. It's just they're it's not good. Go ahead. What'd you no, say? Just, they're not looking good. I mean. July 4th, that whole, you know, idea coming back, it's no way it's happening. And it's just, you know, it's just a shame. I'm not not a huge baseball guy, but, you know, I'm a sports junkie. If sports are happening, I'll watch them. And baseball had such a great opportunity to, you know, come back first, be the league that comes back first, get all the eyes on them, and they're blowing it, you know, arguing over money. And, it's just – it's a sad state of affairs. It reminds me – it reminds me a little bit of the uh, the the documentary the, um, about Sosa and McGuire because, like, they talk about the 94 summer when uh, the, the lockout happened and they canceled the rest of the baseball season. Like, it's just, like, the, the relationship between the MLB Players Association and the owners and the commissioner has always been horrible and, like, they can really take a note from Adam Silver and like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a rough go of it since for like the last 30 years between players and owners and the commissioner and the big leagues. And they just, they got it like, come on, man. Like it feels like now they're just like squabbling just to squabble, like just, just get a deal done. Like, you know, and like neither side is going to budge and like, we'll cut like one day we'll wake up and, Oh, we got 60 games. And like, you know, all this will be forgotten, but, you know, for right now, it's just... And I got to say, Manfred gets blamed, but I think Tony Clark has to get some of the blame, too. He's incompetent himself. I mean, he's been bad at being the president of that of the Player Association for so long. I mean, like, 
if you look at how bad the play like it is for the players right now, I mean, like it's not bad, but like the whole their CBA is awful, horrible. Like the players have been getting screwed over for a while now, and it's like Tony Clark just sits and does absolutely nothing about it. I don't know how he's still in charge. He must have really good relations with the players because they've done such an awful. They did such an awful job negotiating that 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 bargaining agreement. And if thing you know, if things look bad with this whole negotiation. When the CBA is up, I think it's it's either in one year or this year. Two years, I think. Yeah, we're going to be watching the Chicago Dogs because the they're, Dogs are coming back before the before the MLB. They're playing on July third. Well, if Zimbrano has if, if Zimbrano has a start, I'll go to that. So. Oh man, I went last year. The first game he appeared in, he struck out the first guy and then gave up five runs. It I was yeah. it was so bad. It was so bad. I was so happy. I was like, yo, Big Z is pitching. And then <sighs> Zambrano just implodes. Uh, and then just gotta be, gave up the game. Don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. <laughs> he's got to be 40 or 40 plus. Like, he's got to be. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. I don't but, know uh, if he's still even on the team. I, I mean, I, I, for his sake, I hope he retired. His whole plan was to try to get back to the big leagues, and I was like, "Dude!" Like, and he said, "He said it was like God told him to, or something." It was crazy. It was like, oh, it was a weird thing. But I don't know. I went to a dogs game. It's 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 a cool stadium, you know. It's yeah. Uh, it, it's a little yeah. weird. Like it kind of reminds me of Wish Field, a bit too much. Wish? But Wish, like the where DePaul plays oh, softball right. I, I had or no Catchatory Stadium. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways. Barry, you've got you've got some trivia lined up. Oh, a boss! Do I? Do I ever? I, uh, last time so, I got wrecked, so let, let's yeah, see if I can I, be respectable this time. Kansas, Kansas is so good at useless uh, I, sports trivia. I'm really bad at sports trivia. I got. I do have a lot of useless knowledge. I I never like to come out of the gate saying you know I'm gonna get a lot right though. I like to. <laughs> Keep myself grounded, though, but I think I got a good shot, you know. And Kansas yeah. is a man of class and character. He's confident. He's not cocky. Um, I'm so nervous about this category, though. Yeah, I, I am, too. No, I know, that, not a clue. I'm nervous. All right, so this, it's not that bad. I So I wanted to keep it, like, you know, it's it's kind of across the board. It's pretty general. But uh, so Abbas and myself, Terry the Bear Donnelly and Abbas Dahawaba, Dahawala, excuse me, sure. sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll count it. We'll, we'll count it. it. Uh, uh, recently graduated from the DePaul University with uh, degrees. Um, and these, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Cans. And uh, so this category is going to be all players um, who uh, graduated from college. So they, they, they can't be anybody who is like a one and okay. done or like an underclassman or anything like that and it's also players who like got drafted and then went back and got their degree so it's kind of cool actually i thought okay, it was actually okay. kind of cool to read about yeah. um so all these guys have college degrees or uh better than college degrees like an upper like a master's or a doctorate um all right are we ready who's going so out or even a boss uh even one cans you want to go first or second uh, I'll go second. Ooh. All right, Kansas going second. All right, you ready, boss? I'm ready. All right. 
This defensive back started his career at USC in 1999. He majored in history but didn't get his bachelor's degree until 2011 after the ripe young, at the ripe young age of 30. The six-time Pro Bowler wrote on his website, I decided to finish what I started and walk that stage today, not only because it was very important to me personally, but because I want to emphasize the importance of education and that nothing should supersede it. Name this flow, rock, and safety. Yeah, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> Where are you, so, SC? I'll read it again, okay? Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this defensive back started his career at USC in 1999. He majored in history but didn't get his bachelor's degree until 2011 at the ripe young age of 30. The six-time Pro Bowler wrote on his website, I decided to finish what I started and walk that stage today, not only because it was very important to me personally, but because I want to emphasize the importance of education and nothing should supersede it. Name this flow rock and safety. Okay. Need a guess. Hmm? I need a guess. Um, oh man, I have no idea. So I'm assuming he played in Florida somewhere in, in Miami or something. I don't know. Just oh, guess. wait. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, right, what was I, that I guy's have, name? Tampa might Bay. Have to put a timer on this? Yeah, you might have to. Oh, uh, I can't five, remember his name. Four, three, two. All right. All right no Ed Reed. Wrong. Cans. <laughs> Troy Palmalu. Correct. Oh, okay. Cans is so good. Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. <laughs> it wasn't Florida. He was only no, a six-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, I think I think Abbas got confused because I said flow rocking, like he was rocking flow. Oh, yeah, the air. Okay, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Li- Kansas is really good at listening to the clues. Like, yeah, that's why no, he really is. <laughs> All right, so one nothing, Nick Kansaneri. All right, Kansas, you ready? Yes. All right. After this interior defensive lineman earned his 99 rating in Madden, he also earned a degree in communications. A first-round pick in 2014, this collegiate Panther dons the same number as his last Madden rating. The NFC West best guards will have to deal with him for a few more years as he signed a six-year extension back in 2018. Name this sack artist. You should have given this one to me. <laughs> That's got to be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, correct. Yeah, I just, come on. I knew that one. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Abbas. <laughs> All right. Two nothing cans. All right, Abbas, you ready? I'm ready. All right. This short righty used his ACL tear recovery time to earn his bachelor's degree from Duke University. During his studies, his teammate, Jose Batista, got punched in the face during an infamous brawl with Rugnet Odor and the Texas Rangers. He got a degree in sociology and now wears the number seven for the Mets. Oh, and his dad is jacked. Name this hurler. Ooh, hurler? Okay. Uh, oh, um, uh, Stroman. Correct. Marcus, I'll give you that. Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you got it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So two to one, two to one, two to one. All right. It's a good thing you said hurler. I was I, I was thinking of like 
Actually, it's good that you said New York, too. Never mind. Never mind. All right. I'm just happy to get one right, finally. (laughs) (laughs) You might, you might, you might be able to steal here. All right. Cans, May 20th, 2001 was an especially bittersweet day for this longtime NBA wing. It started with him fulfilling a promise to his mother to get his degree from the University of North Carolina and ended with him missing a potential game winner against Philly in game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Name this dude who might play basketball forever. May 20th. Uh, well, based off that last clue, I'm guessing Vince Carter. Oh, my God. You're so good at this, Cans. <laughs> Three to one, Cans. Yes. <laughs> All right, Abbas, you ready? I'm ready. This West Coast academic All-American was drafted in 2013 by the Mavericks and immediately traded to the Celtics. He chose a small Jesuit institution in the Pacific Northwest because of its reputation and proximity to home. He earned a degree in accounting and was two semesters shy of an MBA when the league came calling. Name this sharpshooting seven-footer. Sharpshooting seven-footer, you say? I'll read it one more time. This West Coast academic All-American was drafted in 2013 by the Mavericks and immediately traded to the Celtics. He chose a small Jesuit institution in the Pacific Northwest because of its reputation and proximity to home. He earned a degree in accounting and was two semesters shy of an MBA when the when the league came calling. Name this sharp shooting seven footer. Need an answer. Was it Jared Sollinger? Wrong. He went to Ohio mm-hmm. State. He went to Ohio State. Ah, darn it. Cans sharp shooting seven. That small Jesuit, I can't say that word, school in the Northwest, good team that year, number one seed, lost to eventual Final Four uh, team, Wichita State. That uh, that is Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek is correct. I thought – wait, he went to – where did he go? Gonzaga. Yeah, right? It's a small yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so that cool. makes a lot of sense. Cans, <laughs> right, you ready? I am. I am. I think I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get this one. Um, yeah, he probably will. <laughs> in his, one in lead. <laughs> some of these are easier than the other ones because I, I whatever. But uh, <laughs> in his fi- in his final semester at Indiana, this Nigerian American shooting guard took 19 credit hours just to graduate with a degree in sports communication. Some may argue that he is currently the best Big Ten alum in the NBA. Now playing pro ball in the same state where he played college ball, it finally seems like he is comfortable. His game has taken off because of it. Name this former member of the Magic and Thunder. Oh, Victor Oladipo. Correct. <laughs> this is rigged, man. You made them way too easy for cans. You need to make cans work for it. <laughs> those those 20, 2012, 2015 Indiana Hoosier teams, man, that was 
That was my team back then. Uh, boiler up. Boiler up. No. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> All right. So six to one cans, right? Yeah, six to one cans. Or five to five one. Five to one. Five to one. Yeah. All right. You ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> this two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback went back to his Mac school to finish his degree in 2012. He earned a degree in education to prove to the masses that he is, in fact, not an idiot. He probably will never need to teach as he is closing in on an almost 20-year NFL career and has made plenty of cash along the way. Name this gunslinger. Did you say where he went to school? Uh, so this two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback went back to his Mac school to finish his degree in 2012. He earned a degree in education to prove to the masses that he is, in fact, not an idiot. Probably will never need to teach as he is closing in on an almost 20-year NFL career and has made plenty of cash along the way. Name this gunslinger. Is it Eli Manning? Wrong. What's the and Mac again? I'm so bad at American these college conference. conferences. Okay, okay, okay. What a shame. It's Big Ben. Yeah, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, uh, that was my second guess. Darn it. <laughs> Eli went to Ole Miss, man. Yeah, I thought I, – I just saw – I heard Mac, and I'm like, I don't know what Mac is. I'm just going to go with Ole Miss. <laughs> All right, I'll be, I'll be pretty upset if you don't get this one, Cans. Don't okay. get it, Cans. You have a 6-1 lead. Let me, let me feel <laughs> I'll try. decent about myself. <laughs> All right, Cans. This Chicago area native graduated as a flame in 2003 after returning to school. The lefty has played for seven big league teams and is a three-time all-star. He was drafted by the Tigers after his junior year, but came back to earn his double degree in both business marketing and business administration. Name this dude who could give you a good at bat against a righty when he's 50. Curtis Granderson. Correct. Curtis Granderson is my guy. I love Curtis Granderson more than like any big leaguer ever. That dude, that dude will take a walk when you need someone on base. I'll tell you right now. All right. Seven to one. Seven to one. All the, <laughs> All right, the comeback okay. hopes are, are not hey, there. We've gotten every question right, at least, you know, no one's missed. That's one. true. That's true. All right, you, Abbas, you got this. All right. This former, <laughs> This former Olympian is not only a college graduate, but also a two-time academic All-American. Oh, he was also the 2001 Academic All-American of the Year, an NCAA tournament champion that year, and a two-time NBA champion. This role player is draped in accolades. He is old enough to have been drafted by Vancouver and, and to have his number 31 retired at Cameron. Name this dude who loves to take charges. Oh, God. Cans knows it. I know Cans knows it. <laughs> dude, when you say loves to I take charges, think... it takes me back to like mid-2010s when Ursan Ilyasova, every time I see him on a court, they're just like, hey, you got to watch out for Ilyasova. He loves to take charges. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't Ursan Ilyasova. This is not what I want to know right now. Is he still playing? All right. So <laughs> this former this former Olympian is not only a college graduate, but also a two-time academic All-American. Oh, he was also the 2001 Academic All-American of the Year, an NCAA tournament champion that year, and had and a two-time NBA champion. This role player is draped in accolades. 
He is old enough to have been drafted by Vancouver and to have had his number 31 retired at Cameron. Name this dude who loves to take chargers. Not a clue. Cans? Shane Battier? Correct. <laughs> I should have just said it. <laughs> I was 30. down to Battier or, or Amari, and I was like, well, Amari wasn't a role player. And there's 31. no way he was an Olympian. 31 at Cameron was the, the dead giveaway. Right, Cans? Well, 2001 Duke, I mean. You were one years old. Look, I <laughs> I'm dead <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> All right. Cans, let's see if you can get nine. Ready? Ready. All oh, right. Man. After getting a 30 on his ACT and being accepted to Yale, this former Lobo started his collegiate career at Bradley. He finished undergrad in Albuquerque and was in, and was named Mountain West Tournament MVP. The Pacers picked him in 2005, and he spent most of his time in the league there, but also had stints with the Clippers and Heat. A one-time NBA oh. All-Star in 2009, he earned a degree in civil engineering and probably is still a liability on the defensive end. Name this bucket getter. Get it wrong, Cans. I know this one. It's pretty tough, actually. I gave a lot I, of info. I think I know it. this one. Yale and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I know this. Oh, I used to be very critical of this player's game. Maybe I don't know this. I don't know. Is it Danny Granger? It is Danny Granger. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate you guys. Score. Okay, Danny Granger could score, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone give less effort on a defensive end. Um, hey, he tried against LeBron in 2012 in the playoffs. <laughs> he, he tried. Like, he tried. I like I like Danny Granger, like to get to get you a bat, like a six man type. Dude, but that, like that, that dude. The ACL tear ruined him, or was it an Achilles? Yeah. I can't remember. He was pretty good with Indiana was, for a while, though. Yeah, he was pretty good. In, I mean, he was like a good like twenty twenty two a game. He's really bright. He uh, he got yeah. He's he obviously got accepted to Yale. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yep. And that's nine to one cans. So we had a uh, we had a pretty good bout there. Um, you got like a bonus, like a bonus question so I can get some brownie points. I got nothing besides uh, uh, good luck next time. Cans is pretty <laughs> unbeatable with this stuff. Uh, we should do really, this, do this every good. week till I at least get five. <laughs> it's tough, man, because like you got like Cans is really good at listening to the clues and he gets one clue that gives him the answer. I put like two or three clues in there that should give it away. It's always the college clues that I'm going to miss yeah, out on because I, I don't know. know anything about college. I don't know anything <laughs> yes. about college sports. Like, unless, it's like unless it's like a player who's currently in the league, then I might have like a little bit of a chance. But if it's anybody who's already done, no, no chance. Yeah. No chance. I, uh, so my brothers and I and my dad would sit around and watch like NBA games and NFL games and just go through each player and say where they went to college. It's like one of our like favorite games. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I now I wish I had done that more <laughs> because it would have come in know. handy during this podcast. Yes, yes, you you could have stumped the cans, but cans doesn't get stumped. I don't think anybody can beat cans at this game. This is Kansas' home field home field I, advantage. He's got everything here. I don't know. You know, I listen to the questions and I 
rifle through my uh, my my brain. We should we should set up like a, a whole Radio DePaul uh, trivia bracket or something. Yeah, you trying to win? Is that what you're trying? To do? <laughs> I'm just I, you know. trying to win. <laughs> I'll t- I want to play cans. That's the thing is I want to take, I, I love doing this. Like I would love to play cans. Well, trivia. that's the thing, you know, How maybe about I make the trivia next week and you yeah, maybe, it's, maybe I'm it's in. just bears. Uh, and I'll make it really hard and I'll try yeah. to model the way you do it because I like yeah. the way you do it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, they're pretty much just like jeopardy questions, you know? Yeah. And like, so like, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. Um, but way to go cans. <laughs> yeah, congrats, Cans. Um, Thank you. <laughs> well, you hey, congr- me. Congrats to you guys. You you deserve the true praise for uh, for graduating. Anyways, right, you've right. been listening to the ABC podcast here, Radio Paul Sports, student voice of your Paul Blue Demons. Uh, we're hoping to be back at least once a week till they cut me off of uh, of radio. I don't know when that's going to be, but. Till, till they cut us off, we'll, we'll try getting one of these in every week. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm going to go cry for a couple hours about the beatdown I just received from Nick Cans. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, y'all, for, for coming for this. Thank you, Ross.